does the LCS need trash talk? I think the answer is yes. And we also learned this weekend, don't piss off Sven. We'll get into the drama, don't worry. And then Dignitas, still without a win. We asked last week if FlyQuest could 18-0 and they took an L. Maybe if we ask, will Dignitas 0-18, maybe they'll get a dub. Hopefully. And JNT and I doing mid-split tier list this week. It, fe it feels uh, fitting, I guess, to get into that now that we're halfway through the season. Episode 114 of the Clown Fiesta podcast with Blue Jay and JNT350. First topic of the day, Sven, Jan, no handshake, some banter, if you want to call it that, in chat. And uh, then some tweets following up. JNT, am I, am I missing anything that uh, needs to be said? Um, yeah, I guess the one thing that it feels like people, like, didn't know about or kind of got revealed last it was like the final piece of the puzzle that i don't know if everybody knows about but apparently what all started it was diplex apparently typing xdd in all chat after harry made his little for fun uh mid lane play uh basically people don't know what i'm saying the play where he was going for the tower plate and like stood on the is the uh victor w to get canceled out and died diplex type xdd and then after tl won that drag team fight was when whole shenanigans started of our academy team is better than guys or whatever it was it was just classic like uh conflict escalation where like one little thing leads to one slightly bigger thing and then next thing you know things just get out of control and like suddenly there's this big drama um i want to know like was there anywhere where you draw the line jinter where you're like this guy took it too far with anything for, for me no no i mean to be honest, like trash talk is something that I myself will never put any like weight into, um, wh whether it is like me as a spectator, whether it's esports, regular sports, or if I'm involved it, if I'm involved with it myself, I don't really put a lot of stock into it unless it actually gets like you know personal or you know it, you crossed a line, and obviously no lines were crossed here. Like it's a little bit of just trash talk in the game, but I think the people maybe thought that it was, I guess, disrespectful of Sven not to shake Jan's hand at the end of the game. I, I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. I, I think, you know, as a lot of other people said, it's just going to create as much hype for their next matchup when they have to play each other again. So I, I had no problem with it. I don't think that people should have a big problem with it, but, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with it either, but that seemed to be the only area that p there was some people that had a problem with it, was that he wouldn't shake hands. But I have to say, if he shakes his hand there, are we talking about this? Wasn't like that the reason why yeah. all of us know about this? Is because it was like, first of all, he didn't just shake, not shake his hand. He gave him that stare. He gave him that, like, I am not happy with you, which was absolutely hilarious. And honestly, yes, we do need more of this. I, I think that's unanimously the uh community opinion but like i said there's some people that think he should have shook his hand but it's like yeah well if he did then you're not getting this drama that everyone likes and that we don't ever really get honestly so it's like you don't get one without the other yeah it kind of felt like the lcs was built off of trash talk way back in the day with you know one of the reasons why double kind of rose to fame and part of the reason why people still love him right now is he speaks his mind and he's not afraid to go and shit on a certain player if he thinks that that player is you know, bad. Like everyone will remember, like the famous clip of Double If uh, talking about it was like Team Velocity and like the first. Like th these are for the OG LCS viewers. If, if everyone will know the clip of Double If shitting on Team Velocity, basically calling them the worst team in the LCS and that they're complete garbage, and then proceeding to lose to them 
and it just spawned like endless endless memes and you know this is definitely something that the lcs has kind of gotten away from you know it does feel like in other leagues there can still be some drama i know the lec it feels like every other year there are certain players who are viewed as toxic and end up getting in back and forth with other pro players on twitter but it's something in the lcs we really don't see too much anymore i feel like it's gone from like genuine trash talk to now just meme trash talk where it's like you know all of the hashtag live evil and vulcan and jojo and inspired kind of just trolling on twitter but like this was actually like you know old trash talk i, I feel like it, it feels even weird just to say old trash talk versus new trash talk but the newer trash talk is kind of just memeing. Like, there's there's really, like, absolutely nothing behind it. This felt like some players started to take it personal, whereas, like, any of the tweets we've seen, people just go, ha-ha, and they keep scrolling. You know, this was like, oh, man. And the other thing, too, is I don't know if you get this impression. I don't watch other esports, really. Like, I dabble, I, I guess. But, for example, Call of Duty people have led me to believe that this stuff happens all the time. And so, like, I don't know how true that is. I've definitely seen clips of, like, Call of Duty players getting up and just yelling at people. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen clips of that as well. And if I guess what I'm saying is if there's one thing that the LCS could definitely take from other esports, it would be things like that. Although I'm not completely sure how common that is anymore in COD, for example. Yeah, the only one that I could really speak to with that is, like, CSGO and... The the maximum you'll ever get from that will be like players screaming like on stage at the other players like in the middle of the round like well not in the middle of the round but like in between rounds no, nothing like getting up or getting out of their seat and like staring at them and like leaning over and calling them like actual shitters but from my from what I know of CS:GO it's pretty tame more than the LCS and league in general but definitely nowhere near you know call of duty levels where those guys will legitimately be like getting up out of their seat going across the stage to talk shit right in front of their face i feel like there's probably some cod people that just tuned into the lcs for the first time and were like wait you guys think this is like a big deal like this like wait what this is like you know <laughs> not that big of a deal but regardless it's nice that we got it for the first time in the last i don't even know how many years and i guess it has potential to start a rivalry i guess i would say that tl needs to start winning more for it to really blossom into something hmm. like i think it's more of a rivalry if both teams are picking up wins right yeah i mean it they got the, okay random tangent but the world the word rivalry in esports is like so dead like please uh, people need to stop using that word the, the rivalries are not just created like it's something that you have to that just happens organically, and by no means is there any rivalry between Jan and Sven. Maybe there could be in the future if things like this continue to happen, but, you know, yeah. as, as of this moment, it's just, you know, sort of one standalone instant, but something that drew up a lot of interest in the community this past week, you know, like you said, are we even talking about this if the no handshake happened? I mean, maybe we're talking about it a little bit because presumably these all chat messages would have come out at some point, but, you know, I think it was sort of like the, what's the word I'm looking for? The straw that broke the camel's back here, where like Zven gives yeah. him that stare down, says something to him that we don't really know what he's saying, and then walks away. Yeah, and so I guess, I, I know you. we started saying the full story. Did we get into the full story of exactly what went down? Well, I, I yeah, at the beginning, I just threw that Diplex thing in there, just to, uh, if people hadn't heard that. But the full story, for people who don't know, um... To start from the beginning, Diplex types XDD in all chat after Harry in Smidlane. And then roughly two minutes later, after TL wins a team fight around Dragon, 
uh, Jan types in all chat worse than our academy team, you know, talking to the Cloud9 bot lane, who I believe both died in that team fight. I know Berserker did. I don't remember if Ben was the other guy who died in that fight. But, um, you know, and then basically right as the game ends, Cloud9 comes back, wins, and they type, uh, Zven types, back to academy two times, and then does the no handshake thing. That's the full timeline. Yeah. And then afterwards they did, like... Even though we would love to pretend like they're still at each other's throats and they're still pissed off, they did apologize on Twitter, which, like, okay, fine. Like, I I don't have a problem with them apologizing, but I would prefer that they didn't. Yeah, I got the um, I got the impression that Cloud9 probably told Sven to tweet something out because maybe he kind of yeah. like it seemed like he sort of stood by it and everything, but then like ten minutes later, an apology comes out. So yeah, and like. Once things kind of simmer down and, you know, things aren't so, uh, I don't know, I guess escalated anymore, then you kind of realize, oh, I don't hate that guy that much. Um, the, the apology that Zven put out was, I didn't shake his hand after the match because he called us, uh, quote, uh, worse than our academy team. And after they won the team fight at Drake in the game, I thought it was distasteful to talk shit after they won a fight. But in hindsight, I think it was a bit out of line. I was a little bit out of line as well. So I'd like to apologize to TL and Jan and thank them for firing me up. Made the match more exciting, GG. To which Jan replied, it's not worth an apology. To me, it's just in-game. I see somebody fire one at my mid laner, and I'll fire one back, and then insta-mute, you shouldn't apologize. So clearly Jan was like, okay, with Zven getting fired up about it. Um, I, I don't know if Zven knew that Jan's response was in response to Diplex's first one. Like Probably from not. Sven's, from Sven's point of view, it was, this guy really just waited till after they won a team fight to trash talk. And I think that's kind of why Sven was like, oh, hell no. And then, well, you see why you don't piss off that guy because they came back and won. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for everybody here, but one of my favorite things in League is when somebody is just shit talking and like completely unprovoked, and then you go on and beat them in that game. Like that is one of the best feelings that you can have playing league because I am just like foaming at the mouth as I'm going to about to start hitting Nexus, type in all chat and type in like something along the lines of GG shitter or use whatever line they said to me earlier in the game back at them. And that's what Zven exactly did here. So, you know, just to circle back to the beginning, I think we're both on the same page. Like no problems at all. Like this, this is, this is what we need. Yeah. Maybe it's Harry's fault for running it down in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, true. If we're going to blame anybody, blame him for running it down. <laughs> he tweeted out like, whoops, my bad. <laughs> um, also, Borbo in the live chat letting me know here that Overwatch League had a... Uh, they had chat got disabled because things were getting a little too vocal. So it doesn't sound like uh, it's unique to just Call of Duty. It does sound like things happen in a variety of other esports where uh, things get a little heated. And I think that's normal. I think that's no problem with that, and I think we need more of it. I agree. Uh, before we move on, we want to remind people, if you are enjoying the content, hit the like button. Obviously, leave a comment. And please hit the subscribe button if you're enjoying the, con the content. That stuff helps us tremendously. And as of this week, we are finally going to be on a regular schedule. JNT and I have been all over the place for, well, since the start of this year. So every week, we'll be live on Twitch Sunday evening at 7 o'clock EST. That is 4 o'clock on the West Coast. And so we are going to try to be more um, consistent, if you will. And so people actually know when the hell to show up for our live streams, because like I said, we've been all over the place. So uh, tune in on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Clown Fiesta podcast for that. Uh, where are we going, JNT? We got our tier lists. Um, 
a really good point. You know, we're happy to the season. The first part of the round robin is now complete. So it's probably the best time to sort of take a moment to evaluate where all of our teams are at. Obviously, I think going into the Super Week, um, it felt like everybody was on the same page in terms of where we thought teams were going to be. But I think that the Super Week actually changed a lot of people's minds in terms of where teams are at, purely because we saw some 3-0s that we... Three O's and two ones that we weren't necessarily expecting, specifically out of Golden Guardians and CLG. And then obviously we had TL and 100 Thieves throw up the big donut. No wins in their six games. Yeah, we had four teams go 0-3, right? Four teams went 0-3, three went 3-0, and then three went 2-1. and one. Yeah, that's actually pretty crazy, though, that that many teams offered. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, okay. pull, yeah, we'll pull it up now. Obviously, in classic Clampius Podcast fashion, I've seen Blue Jays' answers. He's not seen mine. We do have some differences, but for the most part, they are somewhat similar. I'm just um, looking here. Yeah, for the audio-only people, I will read it out right now. Uh, my tier list is as follows. S-tier, FlyQuest, A-tier, EG, and Cloud9. Uh, B-tier, wait, I think, do we have... I think you got them wrong, yeah. Oh my god, they're backwards. Yeah, them backwards, yeah. Okay. Give me a... Okay. Just a quick little edit. Yeah, I'll, I'll flip them on the screen in a sec, but just sorry. Read them out. Uh, mine, FlyQuest, S-tier, A-tier, C9EG, B-tier, Golden Guardians, and TSM. C-tier, CLG, TL, 100 Thieves, uh, D-tier, Immortals, F-tier, Dignitas. We could honestly rename F-tier to like like Z-tier or something like that's how bad Dig is. Um, honestly, I could have put Immortals in there too, but I was like, eh, they got two wins, fine. But... Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, on Blue Jays tier list, he has FlyQuest S tier, uh, EG Cloud9 A tier, uh, Golden Guardians and 100 Thieves B tier, uh, CLG, TSM, and Team Liquid in C tier, Immortals D tier, Dignitas F tier. Yeah, so not really a whole lot of difference there. Um, how do we want to do this? Do we want to just start off by talking about FlyQuest? We'll work our way down, go one team at a time? Yeah, I mean... Uh... I feel like we should also get Dignitas out of the way as well. Like, I mean, I guess we okay. Can... Yeah, well, whatever me... you want to do. Now we'll we'll start with FlyQuest. I guess it. Um, they went two one in the Super Week. I think a lot of people were expecting them to go three zero, considering they had some pretty easy matches um on their schedule, but did drop that game to TSM off the back of the monstrosity that is Solos Hogath. Yeah. The inting choke out. Well, I, I don't want to say inting. Like, first of all, one of his deaths was like level one as yeah. well. So After that, that five man like... rupture. But it is a classic. Like, that's a solo. Like, that's how. That is solo, right? To lose lane, win game. That, like, that is his mantra or whatever you want to call it. That's exactly how it is. Um, I didn't think FlyQuest played all that bad. I, I'm going to cope a little bit here for FlyQuest and for FlyQuest fans. I kind of thought they got a little bit unlucky when I'm rewatching those team fights. Um, there were so many times that TSM is getting out with a sliver of health. And while people might say, yeah, but they didn't kill them. So they got it. The, the reason why I say unlucky is because a lot of those would have given Jinx a reset. And when Jinx gets excited, she gets attack speed. I went and looked it up. She gets 25% attack speed, which is pretty significant, and movement speed. And basically, that can really start to snowball the other way if Jinx starts to pick up some of these kills that were just inches away from getting these kills and i think that game goes differently 
Now, I don't want people to think I'm taking away credit from TSM because I think TSM played great. And we will get to the TSM section later. So I'll talk a little bit more about them later. But I guess I just have to say that I didn't think this was disaster for FlyQuest just because they lost to TSM. I, I thought they played mostly okay. I thought Spica got picked off a little bit too often in that game. But for the most part, it's more, uh, eh, they were just shy of picking up uh, some of those fights. And I, I don't think this is like disaster or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there are, it feels like there can be two different sides to a loss. You know, you'll, you'll have a loss where you get completely shit on. You might look completely outclassed and it's clear that, you, you know, you were the loser in this game, but I don't necessarily think, you know, I would call FlyQuest losers in this game. Like you said, it wasn't really a terrible game and it kind of was balancing on that knife's edge where if Jinx was able to get one or two kills in some of these team fights, she could easily just like clean up and destroy them in the rest of the team fight because you could really see that um, FlyQuest's damage was like super, like their engage was super upfront and heavy. And even in the early game, a couple times where they kind of missed out their engages or just didn't necessarily hit the correct targets. Like the fights were going very, very even. So I feel like this game is way more a credit to TSM than it is anything to do with FlyQuest, you know, being terrible by any means. I thought TSM did a really good job of not falling into the common trap. That is once one team starts playing super fast and gets that snowball going, just exclusively going to being reactive. Like TSM continue to try to trade on the opposite sides of the map when Solo was getting picked off consistently, you know, multiple times was he in a side lane and after he died or you know tsm had any knowledge of you know multiple FlyQuest members on one side of the map they would take that opportunity and say hey we're going to trade on the opposite side of the map and that's exactly what you need to do against these top teams to stay relevant not only within the game but also like as the season progresses like not just becoming a reactive based team because i feel like it's a problem that a lot of lcs teams can fall into if they start to lose confidence or anything like that yeah, I, I think this is a game where you could point to TSM playing to FlyQuest's level and coming out on top rather than FlyQuest playing to TSM's level and coming out on, on the bottom yeah. is uh, the way I would kind of look at it. And and when you look at FlyQuest altogether, it was not all bad just because they lost their win streak this weekend. You got to look at Vikla on the Yone game. He took over the game. I mean, he was 1v9 that game. He was the reason they won. He got a, an advantage early by getting, I think it was a double kill in a team fight. Next thing you know, he's taking plates. Next thing you know, he's pushing uh, Palafox back into base every five seconds. He had so much pressure. And so um, even though most of the story this year has been, hey, look at Prince, it was nice to see Vikla be uh, the biggest reason for that win. Yeah, and I think, you know, not this isn't necessarily about FlyQuest, but kind of is. But if you look at that TSM versus FlyQuest game and the CLG versus FlyQuest game, you can really see the two, like, you can see the two different sides of exactly what I was talking about in terms of trading on the other side of the map versus just purely playing reactive. And you saw that in the CLG versus FlyQuest game where CLG actually had a pretty big lead um, topside, you know, in the first 10 minutes of the game and then basically chose to ignore that lane completely for the rest of the game. and. Contracts just kind of continually hovered bottom lane when Prince and Vikla were winning in the 2v2, and that allowed FlyQuest to basically snowball Dragons and easily win the game through Dragon Soul. And, you know, flip back to what I was saying about the TSM game, where TSM was aggressively trading side lanes against FlyQuest, and you could see they never really fell behind. The gold was very close in that entire game up until, you know, the mid game of TSM really took them over. And, you know, against a lesser team in CLG, um, in that, in this FlyQuest game, you, you kind of just saw FlyQuest just be better individually because CLG wasn't doing anything proactive to offset the deficit that they had in the bot lane and the dragons that they were just continuously losing.
Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say on FlyQuest. I guess I, I've said what I said. I don't think this is the biggest deal in the world. Didn't expect them to go 18-0 anyways, and so uh, they're they're on pace to still finish at the top of the at the top of the table. What's funny is you remember last week when we were talking about it. You you mentioned like, do you think they're gonna just lose to some team out of left field, like some un, unexpected team? And you said Golden Guardians. <laughs> I think that's close to TSM, or at least it was before this weekend, anyway. Yeah, I figured they'd lose to, you know, like a, a shitter team. I mean, I wouldn't classify TSM as a shitter team, obviously. I would have but, before uh, this weekend. Fair. Yeah, but yeah, I, they definitely proved me wrong. We'll, we'll get to them later, though. Uh, should we go EG or C9? Next? Uh, we'll do EG next. Um, EG had a... They definitely weren't on cruise control the Super Week, per se, because they had some close no. games against 100 Thieves and also Team Liquid. They'd obviously have that, you know, layup against Immortals. But EG looking very strong in the late game, I would say, this weekend. It definitely seemed like they were the most organized team in the late game, and that's why they came out on top in those two earlier games. Yeah, I, I feel like it's very easy to draw uh, maybe bad conclusions after this weekend. Like, people will see, oh, well, they struggled to win against TL, and TL went 0-3, and they're kind of a dumpster fire right now, so that's not a good sign. Or they they almost threw to 100 Thieves, and 100 Thieves didn't have that great of a weekend. So, like, a lot of people might look at 100 Thieves going 3-0 and say, like, well, that's kind of, like, uh, the going 3-0 is better than how they played this weekend. But I actually don't necessarily think that's the case. I think their early game is still actually really good, honestly. I I'm still very impressed with their early game. Um Specifically, let's talk about the, the the TL game. The early game in that game was fantastic. Yeah. And honestly, you know what I felt that game? I actually just felt like both teams were playing well. Now, obviously, later on, we know that TL lost their goddamn minds and then <laughs> ended up throwing. But that game was another game where it was like you have two teams playing very well and then it's going to fall one way or another and like both teams can walk away going we played well but only one of us took the win and then by the end of it no it was like tl should have been able to close out that game and they just didn't and eg got the win because of that but i guess what i'm saying is even though they should have lost to tl i don't think that was because eg played poorly i think it was just because tl couldn't close out the damn game yeah i mean we'll get into the tl side of things a bit later but TL just really started overforcing, and EG just did a pretty good job of giving up as much as they possibly could until they hit the late game when their champions were really starting to outscale. But TL was definitely forcing the action a little bit too much. Yeah, and the other hiccup against 100 Thieves was, I, I think that was when um, FBI went to go, I don't know if he was going to get red buff or whatever it was, but... 100 Thieves started scaling, they took Dragon, and then they decided to go for that, like, sneaky play where they snuck in the brush, in the brush, and then FBI face-checked. You could definitely give some criticism to FBI for face-checking that, absolutely, but you could also give credit to 100 Thieves for doing what is not a very obvious play to do. Um... Again, maybe I'm just coping. I, I don't know. But like these were that was not an obvious play to expect 100T to be in that brush when FBI checks it. And that was really probably the biggest throw because that was when 100T really started to scale. And you saw Double If Jinx get, I think he was full item near that time, somewhere around then. Yeah, um, he so, was. I think that was when he hit like four items, basically. And yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like EG was absolutely perfectly clean this weekend because they weren't. But I do think that their early games are still mostly pretty damn clean. 
and I do expect that any of their issues will be cleaned up. So that's why it's easy for me to have them in the A tier. I, I still have them just behind FlyQuest. I couldn't bump them into the S though after um like I said, even though I didn't have a problem with their three oh weekend, it wasn't like super clean, so I couldn't put them in the S tier. Yeah, it, it it does it feels like the gap between FlyQuest and the rest of the teams is shortening just a, a teeny bit and whether that has to do with, you know, the loss of TSM and the three O's of Cloud9 and EG, you know, whatever. But despite the records and the wins and the losses, I think you can see, you know, general improvement from EG in all three phases of the game. And FlyQuest just isn't necessarily dominating as hard as they were at the start. So it definitely does feel like EG is catching up a little bit. And I, I think the reason why they have the, the best early game in the league, in my opinion, is I think generally the guys that are... The thing is, everyone kind of calls the shots, but generally Inspired. it's the jungler. Inspired. Generally, it's the jungler and the support, right? And, and I honestly think, stop me if I'm wrong, JNT, but I think EG has the best support and the best jungler in the league. I probably would tend to agree. Um, some people might say, "Hey, you're not giving Blabber his fair shake," and don't get me wrong, I don't think Blabber's too far behind. And maybe we'll see things change. Um, once he's got a new mid laner, but I think for now, I, I still think you have to say Inspired is the best jungler in the league. That guy is, I don't, he's everywhere. Yeah, I um, mean, if, if he you wanted... any lane he wants to in the early game, any lane he wants to influence, he's there and he's getting a lead for them. Like, it's actually insane. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, like, nitpick and be really, like, definitive, uh, I, I would still say that Inspired is the slightly better jungler, but, I mean, maybe the one thing that Blabber has over him is, like, a bit of the micro in terms of, you know, mechanics and whatnot. Not to say that Inspire doesn't have good mechanics, but you know, we do sometimes... I mean, Inspire does play more for the team just in general. Yeah, it's um, more of a style thing, it feels like, yeah, doesn't it? it? it does, but you watch him play. I mean, his early game and his pathing is just so good. You know, that game... It was against Team Liquid, actually. You know, basically just one top lane, like... Should, should have one top lane, but, you know, Summit kind of took over a little bit in the mid-game, but... Did a really good job of getting, you know, shutting down Summit in the early game up until he became relevant in the mid-late game. Um, are we good to get into Cloud9? Because I think there's quite a bit to talk about with this team. Yeah, obviously um, making the change in the mid lane, uh, subbing out Diplex, and now putting in MNS, who was their Challenger League mid laner, um, who's got a lot of hype behind him. So I think definitely interesting that cloud nine decided to do this after the three Oh super week. But I think at the same time, you look at Diplex's performances across the nine games mm -hmm. and he hasn't been like trash or bad by any means, but he just hasn't been up to the level of the rest of the team. It feels like. Well, and we said even just a week ago, like C9 doesn't really seem like themselves. They're not really getting ahead in the early game, which is like not a good sign. And this is another one where they got the three Oh yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't feel that confident. I even considered putting them B, but I was like, I can't do that. Like, I just think they are better than Golden Guardians and 100T, who I have in the B column. So I had to put them up in A, but I have to admit, I thought about B just because they haven't looked like themselves. They don't look like the Cloud9 that we know. And even this weekend, I guess I want to ask you, JNT, did it bother you at all seeing them fall behind Dignitas? Uh, not really. I mean... It, it, a little bit, but they didn't really play like early game. Like I think Cloud9 sometimes they can suffer from success a little bit because this team has been so dominant in the early game for basically since Blabber became the full time starter. So for the right. last yeah. 
three and a half years, you know, season 10, 11, 12, and now the beginning of 13, Cloud9 has been the premier early game team in the LCS. And I feel like that is what we normally expect from them. And I think just in the case of the Dignitas game, like they picked no early game and Dignitas had a ton of early games. So to see them fall behind, it wasn't necessarily surprising. However, I did think that they would still, you know, have no trouble whatsoever. And maybe there was a little bit of trouble. Yeah. I, I, I do think the, the move makes sense. Look, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched a bunch of MNS games, but it sounds like he's having a great old time in, in Challengers League. His stats are amazing. I don't know how relevant that is, but clearly C9 is not playing the style that they want to play or else, they, they I mean, they would have kept Diplex if they think everything is fine. Clearly C9 is not of the opinion that everything is fine. I get the feeling they think they're getting away with the seven two record seven and two record after the first half, and that they feel like not everything is as good as it may look uh having that record, yeah, I think you know it also probably has a lot to do with the level of you know teams like evil geniuses and Flyquest you know at this point Cloud nine is behind the both of those teams and is playing catch up because both Flyquest and evil geniuses look better than Cloud nine does, and I think you know Cloud nine's looking at their options here and they're probably their their thought process is probably that hey like our skill ceiling is going to increase you know however however much we think it will by putting an MNS over Diplex and you know obviously when back in this was in November when all the roster changes were getting announced uh, we knew that both Cloud9 was signing Diplex and MNS and at the time it was known or I guess it was said that they were going to compete for the starting spot so it's it's not really a surprise to see MNS come in, considering that going into this, we knew that those guys were going to be competing to begin with. And with MNS basically destroying every single like Academy mid laner or Challenger League mid laner, um, it, it's not a big deal. And I think that if Cloud9 wants to be the best team in the league, they need to put their best five players on the on the on the rift. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Did you think it was messed up at all that Fudge said he would replace Diplex? <laughs> It was, I mean, it was a little bit messed up, but then it feels like it's more messed up now that he actually got subbed out. I think it was more messed up that they asked him the question. Like, because it was just with the cutie Cinderella tea time thing, right? And so they yeah. pulled the little ticket out and it read like, who on Cloud9 would you replace or something like that? And I was like, I can't believe they asked him that. But not only that, I can't believe he answered it honestly. Yeah. Like, dude, I thought, I was like, just say blabber, just say blabber. He had to, yeah, he had to single out the new guy. Dude. I was like, just say blabber, you can XD, and then you guys can laugh later because they're good friends and everything will be fine. And then he like took a long time to stop and think about it. And he went, it's got to be Diplex. He's our newest player. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, he's answering this honestly. That was fucked up for two reasons. LCS actually put that in the question box or whatever. And then he answered it honestly. I couldn't believe. It. And then, yeah, then now he actually got replaced. So. I I mean, you kind of have to wonder how much of this was already in the works already. Yeah. I don't know. That that was that was messed up, man. I, I guess the other point to to talk about Diplex a little bit more is uh go, going into you know the off season and the announcement that he was going to be on Cloud Nine. A, a lot of things there. Sorry, the main thing that people were talking about in terms of cause for concern with him was his champion pool. And mm -hmm. um, while I think that his you know. Everybody said that his his favorite champions were like the melee, you know, fighter style of mid laners, like your Akali, your Silas, you know, your Yone, uh, your Irelia, stuff like that. So I wonder if 
you know, Cloud9 also thinks that they're potentially getting a little bit limited in draft when it comes to putting in a Diplex versus MNS. I would also say, you know, you go, you look at their champion pool differences just purely in this season, and they're wildly different. You know, Diplex is pretty much exclusively playing melee mids. He has he has one game on a non melee champion or two games. He had one Ari game right at the beginning of the split and played a Victor game as well. And MNS is basically majority control mages. Um, with his like little pocket picks Vex that he has in there. So I think with the swap, Bonin is probably going to be switching it up a lot, I would imagine, in terms of how they function. Because it does feel like Diplex is this more, you know, AFK laner type player, which is going to scale towards the mid and late game. Whereas NMS is the complete opposite, at least from what we've seen in the Challenger League, where heavy lane pressure, a lot of solo kills. There was some stat where he has like 15 solo kills and or six solo kills in 15 games. I don't, I don't know what it was, but he has some like absurd number of solo kills in a very minimal number of games or something like that. He clearly is above that league by the sounds of things. To be determined if he belongs in the LCS, but he's clearly at least deserving of a shot, it sounds like. Uh, last thing I want to get to is Fudge. has He's had a great start. I mean, it's nine games, but he's had a great start to the split. And I have to say, it has kind of reminded me of 2021 Fudge maybe not quite to that level or, or maybe we just need to see more games out of uh, out of this level of play before we put him up there but i wanted to ask you do you think he's back to his his normal self i think it's definitely an improvement over what we saw last summer anyway yeah he definitely does seem to be coming back to you know the best top player in the league type of play mm -hmm. i would yeah. say if i had to pick right now he probably is yep. with impact and someday very close behind yeah um you could even throw Dokla in there if you wanted to, uh, but no. you know, <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah, Dokla, Dokla's got his limitations, but F Fudge is definitely having a very good 2023 so far. Um, I think a lot of people, or at least a lot of the Cloud9 fans, expected him to get back to that level. So good to see that he's already gotten back to it. Basically, nine games into the season. Yeah, a really good start anyway. So that's good to see. Uh, next up, we got Golden Guardians, both of us in the B section um we're back baby we, we had that conversation about like is there a team that's about to ramp up and take off and golden guardians uh did you say golden guardians uh yeah i did yeah i definitely said golden guardians i remember that and i guess we gotta we take the the w on that one jinter um i didn't think they would 3-0 <laughs> definitely not the 3-0 but I will say, though, I, I didn't think that 100 Thieves beating them was automatic. While I did predict 100 Thieves to win that game, I remember saying to you that, like, through the, fir through the first eight games of the season, they had each played the exact same opponents, and they were both 4-4, four and four, and that going into that game was, like, kind of a coin flip. Um, Golden Guardians, though, my God. They're looking good, man. Yeah, I mean, they found the winning formula. It's We have Licorice play Renekton only. We have him play yeah. for lane, and then we just let River loose because, honestly, the last five games that they've played have been what it feels like to me the complete opposite to what their first four games were because they've lost the first four games of the season and won the last five games. And within those first four, it was mostly about River being a facilitator for the rest of the team. And they basically flipped the script on that, specifically with top lane, where Licorice is now just being the facilitator for River. And, well, uh, let's re let's also recognize some things changed as well, right? Like obviously, Gory has yeah, yeah. had time, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, their strength of schedule started off with like FlyQuest. Yeah, they had a they had a <laughs> tough first four games. 
And, and by that token, we could also say that even though they're on a five-game winning, winning streak, the only one that was like up against like a real good opponent or at least solid opponent might have been the 100 Thieves game. Um, who else did they play again? Uh, well, they played every... Variant. Oh, this they week, you mean? Dig, yeah, they played Dig and TSM. Uh, maybe I thought, TSM might put more respect were, on TSM. I thought you were saying who have they played this? So I was like, well, played everybody because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just, meant, I just meant in their last five games, who did they... Um, obviously teams that they should be and so maybe this team's just the bar we, we had that discussion last week or maybe if they do start to take a game off of either eg or c9 or FlyQuest, maybe they are a top team i'm not ready to go there yet um yeah i guess i would have to ask you how, how many wins do they have to get against a team above them for you to say they're amongst them well, it's hard to say because I don't think, at least for this team, I don't know if wins is what you can necessarily categorize it. I think it's just, you know, when you, it feels like it feels like Golden Guardians right now is in a little bit of a similar situation to where CLG was, you know, two or three years ago when they didn't look good, and then they started playing the Bronze Zodiac comp with like Vi Gallio and basically going hard engaged to where there was almost no hard engage in the entire league, and you know, then they started winning a bunch of games, and the question was like. You know, CLG is very good when they're on this style, but they're not when they're on a different style. So for me, I guess it mostly probably comes down to licorice and how the team functions when they're not just playing Renekton top lane and team fighting and, you know, kind of playing for early lanes. So I would say that for me, when it comes to Golden Guardians, seeing them on diverse styles of play and seeing other players pick up more of the load because... Let's be honest, the majority of the lift, the heavy lifting right now is being done by Gory and Stixay, and they're doing a really yeah. good job at it. But, you know, we talked about this when it came to 100 Thieves last week, but what, is this, what, what does this team look like if we flip to a topside meta? Like, if it becomes a topside meta or something along the lines of that, we have not seen, like, apart from these last five games, Licorice yeah. has been one of the worst players in the LCS. And, you know, I would have almost zero confidence in this team should it flip to a topside meta. So I think I just want to see more all-around improvements from golden guardians moving forward hopefully some wins will come with that completely agree with that and i would also say if you look at who licorice would have to go up against if they were to beat one of the top teams he would go up against impact someday or fudge yeah. and so it's possible that licorice is what stops them from being a top team honestly because i mean you said it he has been one of the worst players in the league and yeah, but by all means, it hasn't stopped his bot lane or his mid lane from taking over games. But if the meta does change, it absolutely could. It absolutely could. Or, or even if the meta doesn't even change, you could still lose games through top lane. Not every game has to be decided through bot. So it is definitely a worry that Lee Sin game this weekend was something else. I don't know yeah, what to say about that. Yeah, that, this is why we keep him on Vernecton. No, no, no more Lee Sin. He got hard clapped in that game, but it just didn't matter. It or he's too he good. was down a bunch of plates, a bunch of CS. Or in sticks, amen. Yeah. Um, anyways, that team's looking pretty damn good. And I guess the last thing I'll say on it is the the Danen trade or the the trade that will will say Danen made uh, last year. For those that don't know, he was the GM of Golden Guardians who got let go in the middle of the season. I believe it was after the River trade. It was. It was like the two weeks after they had traded for River, and then they had like done some roster movements by trying to put like Lighter in for a Blaze Olive, and uh, they swapped yeah. like some bot lane stuff with Huhi and uh, get who it was, but they were doing some weird stuff, and Dana got dropped. But his with his last dying breath, he almost fixed Golden Guardians by acquiring River. 
Yeah. Well, and the thing is, River was absolutely running it down, but uh, you also have to remember that he had Blaze Olive as his mid laner and Licorice also running it down in the top lane. Yeah. So, like, of course, things weren't looking good. But at that time, it looked like it was a really bad trade. Maybe in the long run, not looking so bad. And probably is what River is probably the only reason that Gory is on the Steam because they used to play together. Absolutely. It's, it's a very fair point to make. We don't know what, what, how this team looks any different. Uh, if that trade doesn't go through, but it definitely looks like it might have been the right move in in hindsight. Uh, despite the fact, I think Danon was also let go for other reasons. There were other moves made that season. We don't need to get into all of them, but um, anyway, it's just interesting to look back on. Um, I guess uh, let's do TSM next. I think. Okay. Um, I have them in the B tier. You have them in the C tier. Obviously, this team is shooting way above their expectations for what the majority of people thought they were going to be. Not mm -hmm. to credit ourselves, you know, both of us didn't think that this was going to be the 10th place team, whereas a lot of other people did. <laughs> However, we did not think they would be, you know, above 500 and actually looking like a pretty decent. I have a hard time taking credit for that. I had them ninth, I think. I mean, I had them eighth, but it wasn't 10th, so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I guess. the OK, so we talked about how they looked great against FlyQuest. I think the biggest guys you got to give the credit to are Boogie and Maple. Like, oh my God, man. Boogie is looking um, very good. Dude, he is so aggro. He, he's actually kind of got a, a sort of a blabber style to him, actually, which is not something I had even considered. If he finds you in the river, he's going to engage on you. Um, and it, it's, I know the execution against the, the Jinx when they were playing against FlyQuest isn't that difficult. You vile into the Talia W. But still, they made it work over and over and over again, even to the point where, like, um, once the Vi ulted, the one play, Maple flashed forward just to be in range of the W to almost one-shot the Jinx. Or maybe he did one-shot. I don't remember. The point is... The one mid lane you're talking are... about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, they... Yeah, he died. Yeah, th these guys are synergizing really, really well, which I have to admit was not something I saw coming. Right? I did I did put them ninth because I did think this team was absolutely terrible. And even last week, we were saying how like Solo might be their most valuable player because you can put him on something weak side and have him still be relevant late game. And while that is absolutely true, I'm starting to question if maybe their mid-jungle is the reason why this team's picking up wins. Yeah, I, I would say, I think going into the... I'm trying to remember. I think going into the season, I remember talking about, you know, I thought that Maple and Solo were going to be like the defining players of this team, but... It does feel like the more and more we watch this team, the, the player to watch is Boogie, you know? It feels like he was a guy who flew under the radar a little bit just when it yep. came to, like, the acquisition. And just even right now, looking at his all the teams that he's been on, like, he's been to, like, he's been on some pretty damn good teams. Like, Machi, they've been to Worlds, Flash Wolves, they went to Worlds, V3 Esports, you know, he went, he went to Worlds with them in Season 10. Like, that is by no means a scrub, and I think probably some uh, at least a player that's going to command a little bit more respect i think in the in the next half of the season whether it comes to you know jungle bands or teams game planning around him because like you said this guy is very aggressive he does have like a little bit of a blabber feel to him and i think they are functioning a little bit similarly to golden guardians where they are using top lane as purely a facilitator to allow the jungler to let him do whatever he wants yeah and now people if you're, if you're listening i do still have tsm in the c tier so you might be a little confused as to why i sound excited about them it's because i probably would have had them d or f honestly um the reason why i still have them in the c tier is because 
I can't just forget that their first two weeks weren't exactly the greatest. And my God, have I made this mistake where I see a good weekend or maybe even two good weekends and then I get excited about a team and then they turn out to be not so hot as time goes on. Um, I still have them in the bottom five. If they were to play 100 Thieves again, I'd probably still take 100 Thieves, despite the fact that 100T has a worse record. Um, so, yeah, I do still think there is a distinction there. I'm just happy that this team isn't a dumpster fire, and that's what I was expecting. Yeah, I I agree. I think a lot of people thought they were going to be a dumpster fire. Maybe I didn't think they were going to be like a level 10 dumpster fire, but they're, they're, look, they're, looking, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. Who's next? Um, I say we do TL next. Okay. Uh, we both have them in the C tier. Um, they do have, you know, the third worst record in the league. You know, so mm -hmm. by standings wise, they actually are the eighth place team. And uh, where where do we start? I think for this weekend, I say we start with e or Harry, I was going to say. Just because it feels like he's the weakest link at the moment. So to me, it doesn't really matter where we start. I mean, last week we talked so much about Summit or the last, I don't know, whole split, I guess. We talked about Summit and how Summit's been running it down. But we also mentioned that like these other guys are still guilty of some serious charges of running it down. So whether it's Harry, Yon, or Summit, the, the inting is still happening. And it was a little bit more pronounced with Harry and Yon this weekend than it was in weekends past. But to me, it's still more of the same. Their early games are going just fine, honestly. They have a great early game, I would even say. I, they are second in the league, by the way, and gold difference at 15. I, I looked it up earlier. Hang on, I have it. Um, yeah, no, and, and I agree. I, I thought, I think I said this uh, a few episodes ago, that I thought, you know, their laners are actually very, very good in terms of laning. You know, I, despite Jan's struggles in the mid and late game, I still think that him and CoreJJ are probably still one of the best laning bot lanes. They'd probably be in the top two or the top three. And Summit is still obviously a monster within sidelines. You could even see it in that EG game where he did get set behind quite massively in the early game, mm -hmm. dying once, losing a full entire wave, but still was just managing to run the show in the sideline. He was out playing someday, right, on the Fiora. He was he was zoning him really, really nice, or, or spacing him rather, very, very nicely. And honestly, well, he solo killed him because of that. Um, the gold difference, by the way, at 15, I had the stat. Team Liquid is plus 1649 um, at 15 for the season, which is a very good average, by the way. A very good average gold differential at 15. Anything that above 1.2K is usually pretty good. Yeah, that is second best. And they're only behind Evil Geniuses at 1982. Um, so, honestly, the early games are going great, which kind of makes me <laughs> look at them as like, one of the best bad teams we've ever had in the LCS. They get these leads and they just cannot close them out. So this is like last year, Golden Guardians did this where they kept getting leads and they couldn't close out the games. This is just Golden Guardians of last year. TL is the, definitely that team. I, is it, am I trolling JNT if I say this isn't going to continue? I'm not saying they're not going to throw games anymore. Clearly they have, have trouble closing out games. I just don't think it can continue that they have trouble closing out every single game yeah and I, it feels like every game they get a lead they can't close yeah i mean at least with the golden guardians comparison of last year it, it feels more likely that this team this team liquid team will figure it out just because of the players that they have on their roster um so i would say yes i think they will figure it out and they're not going to continue to look like this especially in terms of throwing their leads but you know circle back to my first point harry just 
I think with all the other players on this team, you can see how good they are, but also the unfortunate mistakes that they are making. But I think with Harry, it's it's not the case with him. Like we're really not seeing like a ceiling or anything like resembling like wow, this player can actually be this good. We're just unfortunately only seeing the bad. Yeah, honestly, he's made multiple Azir plays where you're like, oh, that's just a one-off. That won't happen again. But he's made multiple of them. Yeah, like it's where like, like these are just really bad plays, and so I'm I'm kind of curious how that can continue to happen. Um, like these aren't just like small minor mistakes. These are just absolute ints, and it's the one that led to the whole uh, Jan and Sven um, debacle. If yeah. you will. It's plays like that. It, it like that was a play that like everyone watched that, and it's embarrassing. I'm sure he's not happy that that happened, but. I mean, I don't know what to say when you see a play like that. It just looks like a guy that doesn't know how to play his ear, but I'm sure that's not the case. I, no, I mean, I you, you, you can see what he's going. Player. You can see what he's going yeah. for. It's just something that you shouldn't be doing in a professional game when, like, the risk versus reward just isn't worth it. I mean, that particular play, I could not see what he was going for. He, well, he shuffled was... the mid laner into the mid lane and then shuffled out. Like, it... Yeah, he, he he was trying to get the tower played and then like sh shift out of there, but he stood on the Victor W for too long and then it got him stunned and then he still wanted the tower played and then he shoved the wrong way and then dashed out and still <laughs> yeah. died. It was just like it was like one of those things where like you're watching a train crash, like it just kept yeah. getting worse and worse. Like the cars were all like slamming into the back of each other every single time. Something continued to go even worse and worse with that play. But, uh, and again, it wasn't all bad this weekend. Like, there was, especially the EG game, Piotrzec had some really nice engages early on on the uh, the Jarvan. He had, he even, there was an Elise game as well. Who was that against? Was that against C9? Yeah, that was the C9 game. Like, Piotrzec is getting things rolling in the early game. So, like, there's definitely some things to look at. But then late game on that Jarvan, he, he's oh engaging God. where there's no world Dude. where anyone can follow up. And so, I, I'm just so perplexed as to what to think about this team. How can you be so good? And then, I don't know, maybe the 20 minute mark hits, hits and then suddenly you're like so bad. It, it's actually amazing. It really is fascinating. I mean, one thing that, I mean, the community sentiment seems to be that, you know, why are you putting, you know, your quote unquote playmakers? Like, why are you giving those duties to the rookies? Like, you know, going through like Twitter and Reddit a bunch this week, a lot of the brunt of the flame was being absorbed by Harry and Jan. And it was using the example of why are you putting these rookie players as your carry roles? And to that, I would just say like to the community and the concerned TL fans, like guys, you, you still got to give it a little bit of time here. We are only nine games into their first ever professional LCS split. And I know we've brought this up in the past and, you know, doesn't mean that this is going to be the case with Team Liquid, but look at Evil Geniuses last year. They were four and five in the first half of the regular split. Finished going like eight and one, had Danny and Jojo Pion as almost pure rookies, and then became one of the best teams in the league for the rest of the for the rest of the year. And people are using a direct comparison with One Hundred Thieves, where they have closer double lift and Bjergsen as you know the quote unquote carry players, and the more facilitators and Tenacity and Busio are your rookies. And it's like, oh well, why aren't they just doing with what One Hundred Thieves are doing? Because you want your carries to be like your veterans. And it's like that's not always necessarily the case. Like. When it comes to rookies, like you got to give these guys a little bit of time to, to work and to figure stuff out. Now, if I was a TL general manager and I had to start thinking about any possible decisions, you know, Harry would really be the only thing that I would be considering. Although I still think that he deserves some more time to figure it out. Because when it comes to Jan, 
while he does make his fair share of oversteps and you know mistakes and um, it feels like I'm underselling the mistakes. He's making terrible mistakes in the mid and late game. You know, being too far forward, Gale forcing in to finish kills when he's like going to be trading one for one. Positioning in the mid and late game is not the greatest, but this guy is laning is really really good. Like TL is the second best early game team in the league for a reason. Like Yan and Cordy J are winning the majority of the lanes they're playing against, or at the very least getting two v two kills in response, or getting solo two v two kills. So. I still think there's a lot to be desired with this team, and it would not surprise me at all if they started climbing up the standings quite quickly. So I, I think I, that TL is going to figure it out. I think that's fair. I also think it's fair to say that it's only nine games. I think that that is fair. However, the comparison to EG last year, like I don't think EG looked even close to this bad last year, even though, yes, there was, you said they were what, four and five? Like, I think they were I four don't and five. Them I don't recall them absolutely running it down game after game after game. So there's some parallels to draw, but I don't think it's an exact uh, fair comparison, if I have to be honest. I mean, yeah. And, and that game against EG, I, I have to lay that one at the feet of Jan for walking. I mean, if you just need a timestamp, just go to 37 minutes. It's, it's, it's some 37 something. You're talking about the one where he's up, in top lane? Like, yes, he where he's in top to? lane and walks up all by himself. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's that like once again like that's definitely his mistake but to put that game or to put the the result of that game solely on him I don't think it's necessarily fair because Pioshik literally his engages post like 30 minutes were so yeah. awful it's insane. So like, maybe I didn't word correctly because I do think Jan is the biggest culprit but I don't think he's the only culprit. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I guess is what I would say. Agreed, agreed. Because even after after that troll engage or one of the troll engages that uh, Piosik does with the Jarvan, where he engages from a mile away. Then Jan like goes bot and like starts running into the base to like keep pushing or something. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> that that was another like <laughs> listening to Azale. Jan, where are you going? <laughs> that play was something else because then you end up giving over Baron and I think Dragon Soul. Anyway, we could go on for days about Team Liquid because it is just out of this world um trying to figure out where to put this team on a tier list um i think right now c is just the happy medium of like yeah they can be good but they could also be atrocious so we'll just slap them in the middle area somewhere yeah it does feel like a very you know low floor high ceiling type team yeah yeah uh who are we going with next got 100 thieves up next um they unfortunately went 0-3 in the Super Week. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of a... It wasn't like a, a terrible 0-3. I mean, it kind no. of was, but... Eh. I, I don't think it was. Um, I thought they played okay. The thing is, what what's interesting is, I thought the game against CLG, I think I, I would lay that mostly at the feet of Doublelift. Again, just to be clear, when I say that, I'm not saying that he's the only reason they lost. I'm usually just saying that he is the biggest, again, culprit, to use that word. Um, when he greeds for the plate, where the, the Rift Herald charge... By the way, Rift Herald nerfs, right? Um, the Rift Herald just leaves a sliver left on that table, or tower, rather, and Doublelift thinks that he could stick around for it, and then Palafox roams down with the Talia, and they just get... Well, that, that was, to me, where the game started to swing. 
And I don't think you have any business staying up there if you're double. Double lift is the one that's that's hanging around in that lane. I think that's where the game starts to swing. Um, and then even Bjergsen, the Tristana game, while it was just some small mechanical errors, they were quite costly. And so what I thought was interesting was it's more the veterans that are kind of costing them games this weekend rather than the rookies. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, it's... I I mean... I would say it's a bad thing because I think if you look in the case, we were just talking about a team like Team Liquid where it's a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more understandable when your rookies are the ones who are making these big mistakes. And I think going into this split, people didn't necessarily think that 100 Thieves right out of the gate was going to be the best team. And part of the reason why that was is because we didn't know what Tenacity and Busio were going to look like. And if this team was going to struggle, it was likely going to be because Tenacity and Busio, you know, if they're going through know know, rookie mistakes and stuff like that so to see the veterans in this case be you know the ones who are making these mistakes as of late because i would say earlier earlier in the year maybe it was more the rookies but right now these big mistakes from these veterans is not a good look yeah and the the flip side of the coin of well it's okay because it's the veterans is mostly because doublelift and bjerg have played so far great this year and so while yes they each had poor games respectively on on one game and then the other the, the reason why I think you could cope as a 100 Thieves fan is to say, like, honestly, they had a rough game, and honestly, they were a big part of that loss, but they've been a really big part of their wins so far this year. And so maybe that's just coping? I, I'm not sure. But so far over the year, I, I think Bjergsen and Doublelift have been more than than good, I would say. Yeah. Um. I guess I should have said this. You had them in B tier. I had them in C tier. And mm-hmm. I definitely was on the fence with where I wanted to put this team. I really, yeah. I really did consider putting them B over C. And the main reason that I landed on putting them at C tier as opposed to B tier is I really don't like the way that, like, feels like Closer has turned into the traditional TSM jungler, and I really don't like it. No. Oh, you're buying the media since I am. I am. It, dude, it's it's like it started out as a bit of a co-streamer meme where in the early like in, it was like the first two 100 Thieves games of the split, like Closer was basically just sitting in mid lane like Bjergsen's dog. And like, that's the meme. Like Closer's on a leash because he's Bjergsen's dog. And the more and more that I keep watching 100 Thieves games, it feels like Closer is just the guy who... His team calls for a play and be like, he has to be there right away. Like he, It feels like he has no time to operate on his own with this team. He's always farming camps and then going directly to a lane to either hover or sit in the bush. And there's no proactivity within the jungle. I don't like, I mean, maybe it's the meta, but like him being on like Maokai Vi duty is just really not See, good. And, you know, you have these games that'll put, get put on an early game type champion and he's just over forcing way too much. I know you talk about the CLG CLG game with Doublelift, but I thought Closer was also like a big culprit in that game in terms of his Jarvan, because his Jarvan game was, was fucking terrible. Honestly, though, see, I do, like, I don't buy that. I, I do buy it's it's a meta thing, because the Closer that we got to know, like, the pop-off Closer was when he used to pop off on, like, Viego, for example, and it was, like, like champions like that. What else did he play? Lee Sin, where, like, it was a carry jungle sort of thing, and that was uh, sort of meta, and that's where we saw him really come into his own. And because it is a Maokai, and I don't know, just things like that, Sejuani, I guess, I think that is the reason why we're seeing a different version of Closer. And I do agree with you that we're seeing different things out of him. I just think it's warranted. We've seen so many games just be carried out of bot lane uh, in this meta, and I think that's the reason why you're seeing him play so much to lanes is for that reason. And and the game against CLG, I think they got a little bit unlucky. 
they hit the blast cone. Do you remember they hit the blast cone to scout to see if anyone in CLG is in that jungle? It just barely misses contracts, and they see, oh, there's no jungler in this quadrant. We're free to die. You said blast cone, but you meant vision plant, right? Vision plant, yes. Um, so they, they think they have information that is like false information. They think that they can go for the dive and they end up getting punished because of that. Yeah, but they also um, go for a shit dive because you're diving Jar you're diving as Jarvan as a Lulu, which is like never a good strat because you saw in the dive he went for EQ, got polymorph in the middle of it, had to flash out like Well, even Poom, he also didn't know that he was sitting on a ward and Poom just flashed the first combo as well. Um, because he didn't he didn't think that he was or yeah he didn't think that he was spotted anyways honestly I, I i don't mind that we're seeing a different version of closer i do think that's a meta thing i still don't think this team is that bad as, as their record they're what four and five now i still think they're a top half team i just don't think they're gonna they're gonna go too well against eg or c9 but maybe maybe i'm just coping a little bit too hard yeah i guess if, if for me to sort of get back to the promised land for 100 thieves it's it doesn't necessarily have to be you know closer back on playmakers but it's just the way that he operates in the game where he's just getting pulled around every single lane and i think you know a lot of that can have to do with you know not having like a game plan for for the most part you know when you look at eg and the way that inspire jungles and you wait look at the you look at the way that closer jungles on 100 thieves they're kind of serving the same purpose but the result is so different because it seems to me at least that whenever EG is planning their early game out, like they have a clear cut plan of what they want to do. Whereas to me, from the outside, it just seems that they're kind of playing it by ear. And obviously I have no idea. Like I'm just looking at what I'm seeing, but to me that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I guess the the last thing I'll say on it is one of the, the easiest reasons for me to put them in B was if they're going up against any of the teams that I have in C being... TL, TSM, and CLG, I'd be taking 100 Thieves, I think. And I think that was, I, I could say confidently that, yes, I'm going to take 100 Thieves, and I think that was the, the reason why I was able to put them in B still. I guess following your same logic, I wouldn't, so putting them in C makes there you go. more sense for me. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what is next? I'm a little uh, bit lost. It's IMT, I think, then, yeah? We, mm -hmm. just have, we just have IMT and Dig now. Did um, we talk about CLG yet? No, we didn't. I'm trolling. Oh, CLG then. Never mind. Uh, we both have been on C tier. Uh, for CLG, um, they're what are they? They're four and five after the super week. Did pick up two wins. Um, honestly, last week it was looking a bit doom and gloom for CLG with just the way that things were looking and the strength of schedule that they had going into the super week. And both of us just kind of quickly pushed this team to the wayside and said, "Hey, they'll be two and seven. They're not going to be that good." But it feels like they flipped the script a little bit here. Absolutely. I dude, I don't know what to think about this team anymore. I have no idea. Like, okay, new new rule, JNT. Anytime I'm surprised by CLG, you need to call me out for being surprised by CLG because I can't what, figure it you're out. At a count, you're at a two count this year so far of being surprised. If, I, if I'm surprised by them, you you're not allowed to let me be surprised by them. I don't know exactly what that means, but Okay. Uh, dude. Huh? <laughs> they looked so bad for two weeks in a row. I don't know. Uh, Doklo looked good this weekend. The Aurelia popping off. That game against T. Okay, maybe it was a little bit lucky that team fight in in the river there. But like he's living on like one HP and just picking up kill after kill yeah. after kill. That was sweet though. That was still so hype. That fight was on a knife's edge. Yeah, that's like the full lifesteal Aurelia wet dream. Like just individually hitting people. Like you get the lifesteal, get triumph proc Q to the next person. 
This is why CLG fans always have faith, though, because at any time, things can just go well. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, dude, I thought the way that the FlyQuest game was playing out in the first 10 minutes, I thought CLG was going to win that game. I thought they, they should have won lead. that game. They did get a lead against FlyQuest. I know I like... that one turn? Because I remember Contracts was Omega, like, he was ganking everywhere. Yeah, they, he was great. They ganked top two like two times very early in the game killing impact both times i believe right um, right he, right, did, right, he right, didn't really yes. he didn't miss a lot of minions i think because wave was fine and he had tp this the this, the first time but basically I, I talked about this a little bit earlier but the way that tsm played their game out against FlyQuest, i think if clg did the same clg would have won that game because clg ended up with a massive like i think it was like 1.5 k lead in the top lane like 10 minutes into the game and basically then decided to leave that lane alone and let Dokla play it out as a 1v1 and use contracts as like the support for the rest of the map because FlyQuest was obviously winning quite hard in both mid and bot lane. Like Palafox really got fucked over level one by losing like almost his entire HP bar. And then Vikla, you could just see, was playing up in his face the entire time. But I really think that if CLG traded sides of the map and just continue to focus down top side, I think they would have won that game. I forgot about Vikla that game. It was the, it was Vikla the reason yeah. why the game started to turn because, yeah, he made mid, mid, mid lane just started getting a bit out of control. Yeah, dude, I just think Yone's so OP, man. I think this pick needs to be picked more often. Like, it's so OP if you get like every every champion's like somewhat bad when they fall behind, and I think that's still true with Yone. But I think if Yone gets ahead, it's so OP that he could just dash in, do as much damage to you as he wants, and just oh, okay, I'm safe now. It's he is AD LeBlanc. He's the same fucking thing. And I think that's so busted, man. It definitely is. it's so is. busted to be able to trade whenever the hell you want when you're ahead. That's not balanced. It's definitely one of those win more type champions where, you know, he, you know, he, he's, an, he's an ADC, you know, in terms of his damage output. So when behind, he's not going to be great. But when ahead, especially with the safety that you have with the soul unbound, I think it's called, which is yeah, E, is. which uh, allows you to do whatever the hell you want. But again, when he's behind, I don't think he's any weaker than any other champion that's behind. I think he's still like an average champion of, of like when you're behind. So it's just like to me, it's it's like a good way to roll the dice. And if things start to go your way in the early game, you get to just take over the whole game. Or at least that's what it feels like. Certainly felt that way when Vikla took over. Palafox mm. had to base every five seconds because yeah. Vikla was just like, I feel like trading now because I'm ahead. Yeah. Really, really busted. So I didn't dokla seemed so sad after that game like and i think he even tweeted out like i could have carried that game and i was like dude don't be so hard on yourself like i didn't think he played that bad i just thought like yone's busted and FlyQuest is a good team yeah i, I mean i think it's just like you know you could have beat the top team and yeah i think if clg plays that game out you know through topside rather than you know contracts like i said playing you know catch up bottom they would have won that game classic like knowing what could have been sort of thing yeah and the other place i gotta give credit was they punished tl really really well in the i think that was was that the first game of the week yeah maybe it was day one i don't i don't know but that was the one where uh Piosik got a little bit excited and started chasing them through the jungle after baron got stolen and then luger was like hold my beer and then just absolutely erased all of them to close out that game that was another good game out of the clg bot lane so Honestly, from week to week, they're going to look bad, they're going to look good, and I don't think there's any logic to it. Yes, pun intended. It doesn't make sense. It is the CLG way. Yeah. Um, they're one of the few teams, it does feel like, that does play through topside. Um, 
you know, while there are a lot of strong top laners in the league, a lot of them operate for the most part in like a with limited resources, the ones like Fudge, Someday, and Impact. Primarily Fudge and Impact, I would say. But CLG is definitely a team that likes to obviously pick for topside. We're seeing a ton of counterpick given to Dokla and even just straight up blind pick, you know, Irelia, you know, in that 100 Thieves game. I thought 100 Thieves like really fucked up by not picking a better counter into Irelia. They picked Gwen into Irelia, which is not even a good matchup. So that was a bit confusing. And Dokla punished them hard in that one. Dokla just he, he had an 80 CS lead. Uh, I have the notes here. 80 CS. He was up 2.7k against Tenacity's Gwen, and that was at the 27 minute mark. And uh, made sure to jot that one down because it wasn't like he was absolutely popping off with kills every two seconds, but he was. That's he a full item. Winning. 2800 yeah. gold is a full item, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Dokla had a good weekend. I, I wish he wasn't so hard on himself. I was like, oh, don't be so sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember who said it. I think I think it was cubby on twitter or something or maybe it was during the cast but he was like if clg would have beat flyquest dokla would have got player of the week which i would have mm. agreed yeah maybe we didn't mention when we were talking about golden guardians that six a went player of the week yeah what a good for him let's go, let's go like, six a yeah. yeah showing that some of the boomers still got it uh okay he's now not he's not even that he's not even that boomer though like he's not that old he's, no, like he's just 20, like a long time player though yeah he six i think he came to be older than that no i think he's 24 interesting because he came anyway, into lcs when he was 17 i thought like super young yeah okay i trust anyways sticks a had a, a good weekend dokla had a good weekend all is right with the world <laughs> all righty to the shitters we go um we have immortals up first they caught the 03 unfortunately we're playing some very very good teams so i don't think that anybody was expecting them to win any games to begin with playing against cloud nine uh FlyQuest, and evil geniuses so yeah. I have nothing to say about this team that I haven't said. I guess just quick recap. We think their top side is good. Actually, I didn't even think Revenge had that great of a weekend. I think he was mostly outclassed, and that's the only thing that's really been good is the top side of the map. Their bot side still looks pretty bad, and that's the way it goes, and so I expect them to lose games. That's that's all I have. Yeah. Pretty accurate summary there, I think. Uh, the only... Yeah, it's it's hard to even throw them like any form of a bone in terms of things that they did well. Uh, the one thing that I will say is it does feel like Ken V is looking more and more like an LCS jungler in terms of how he operates. Um, obviously, it's not going to always be pretty when two of your three lanes are pretty much losing every single game. Um, but it does feel like he's not drowning like he was at the end of last year when he was put on like another pretty horrible immortal scene. So it felt like he almost had no direction and didn't know what the hell he was doing. But I would say that the more and more I we're looking at him play, it does feel like he, he understands it a little bit more. Yeah. And I guess I'll just throw dig into this conversation because they, I will say I almost had immortals in the same tier as, as dig and talk. If these two teams play each other, I don't think it's obvious who's going to win. Like, I don't think Immortals is much better. I know everyone's going to think that because they have a couple of wins that they're, you know, much better than Dignitas. I just don't think that's the case. And I, I think, what if we went player by player, Jinter? If we went player by player, is there any, like, obvious standouts to where Immortals is just head and shoulders above Dignitas? Um, maybe they have a better top laner. Yeah, and I would say slightly. Right? And, and, like, but, I don't think, I don't even yeah. think our moot's been that bad this year. Yeah, and, and yeah. 
it's hard because I think in most cases, I think I would argue that like Diggs top side, like the, the trio of Armut, Santorin, and Jensen is obviously way better than Immortals top side of Revenge, you know, Kenvi and a Blaze Olive. But the way that they've been playing, like Kenvi's been playing at a pretty similar level to Santorin. Revenge has been probably playing a little bit better than Armut. A Blaze Olive and Jensen, like maybe Jensen's playing a little bit better, but none of them are looking that good. So it, yeah. it's. Player by player, Diggs should have the massive advantages, but the way that they're playing, you know, it, it's pretty equal. Yeah. And, and look, Jensen definitely not looking as good as we expect him to look. Santorin, same thing. But this is not the biggest issue with the Dignitas roster. The story is the same with them as well. Their bot lane is just bad. And mostly, honestly, I'm sorry, but it's it's Spawn, right? Like, that's... Yeah. I, I, I hate talking about this every week because it feels like we're just beating a dead horse. Yeah, I mean they did get a they got a they got a two v two kill in the in the C nine game. They killed Zven once yeah. in in two v two, and then that's why I asked you earlier. Yeah, that's why I asked you earlier if it if it bothered you at all that Dignitas was ahead of C nine in that game. Like I said C9. I don't know. Okay, are they going zero eighteen? I say no. They were getting a dub. I mean, when I, do they play Immortals next? Yeah, I mean. The way that they are performing suggests that they will be 0-18. and 18. However, it probably won't happen, but I'm going to say that they're going to go 0-18 so that they catch a win soon. Have they announced a roster swap yet, other than Ignar, of course? Uh, no, I don't believe so, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if some changes came quite soon. Who is their challenger? Is it worth... ADC? Well, honestly, is it even worth just looking for someone who, like, can just fill that role for a bit? Like, would it be so bad if you traded for, like, a wild turtle or something? Like yeah, Wild Turtle, Wild, he's on they, TSM they, Academy or something, right? There's, he I'm, played with Ignar is, before. There has to be an AD carry out there that you could slot into this team. I, I don't know if TSM's going to hold on to Wild Turtle, like, you know, hold him ransom. Because obviously I mean, Dignitas doesn't exactly have the money to throw around, but my God, there's got to be an option somewhere. I mean, honestly, it's not a terrible idea. Like, that's three-fifths of the old FlyQuest team, so. And Wild Just, Turtle, Ignar, so. Just saying. DM Blue Jays at it again, dude. Well, I mean, who knows how willing TSM is to also, and who how willing Dignitas is. We know that these. It's amazing that Dignitas went and spent money for Jensen and Santorin already. For them to also go for someone else that co might cost more money than, I don't know. And the other argument too is people have made the comparison to like the old CLG where it's a roster of veterans that just can't do anything anymore. You're maybe approaching that label a little bit more if you go after wild turtle who Maybe. by the way was on some of those clg rosters yeah but i i think not not to not to go back to the shitting on spawn part but oh god if they had a different adc this team definitely is not as bad as they are because they probably have one win two wins at, at least i think I they think. beat that i think they at beat least. immortals that game i think, I think that game that they lost to immortals i think they would win if they had I a think a decent AD carry. I think they'd have at least two wins. I think more, actually, if Spawn, if they had a different ADC who was like a comp, if they had a competent ADC, if they had Stixay on this team, this team would probably have three or four wins. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I agree. Well, that's it for the tier list. Yeah, bit of a, it's a bit of a somber end to our tier list. Dude, here. it's the thing is, it we always ends like this. More, we got nine more games to get through of the, like, we're kind of stuck where, like, 
we have to talk about all the teams. We can't just ignore that they exist. I Maybe mean, we could ignore but them. But then every time, every time we talk about them, we have to shit on them again. Because, like, I can't just pretend they're playing well. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyways, not going through 18. I'm giving them two wins. They're going two and 16. 16? Yeah. I'm gonna hold. Gonna I'm gonna hold firm on my zero eighteen for some mental gymnastics here, so that they will win mm. some games. Gotcha. Oh, okay, true. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's Come good. on, Dig. We're we're rooting for you. We are. We really are. Okay. Uh, let's do predictions now. Yep. Um, as the record show, I myself am thirty and fifteen. Blue Jay is thirty two and thirteen. Uh, Blue Jay pulled one one ahead. Hinging off of the TSM versus Golden Guardians match last Wednesday, which was the only match we had different. However, I think that this week we might have some different ones because there there are some good matchups here. Okay. Uh, first game on Thursday, FlyQuest versus 100 Thieves. I will still be remaining with FlyQuest. FlyQuest, and then we got Team Liquid versus Immortals. I'm going Team Liquid. Yep, Team God, Liquid. If they lost to Immortals, I'm going to lose my mind. Anyway, a TL for me as well. Um, Golden Guardians versus Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine for me. Uh, yeah, Cloud Nine. TSM versus CLG. I think we might get our first difference here. I'm gonna yeah, go I don't with think TSM. We will. I know you're going TSM. I was gonna go TSM as well. I knew you. Wow, wow, wow. Last time I went CLG, right? I think so. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to think longer on that. But my instinct was TSM, and I knew that's why you thought we were gonna have different picks. I was looking at that game. I mean, one of the main reasons, though, why I kind of, like, have it in the TSM side of things here is I think that Solo is just going to, like, he's the neutralizer. He's he's going to lose lane win game against Dokla, and then Dokla's going to be stuck on some heavy AD TSM's, squishy champion. TSM's mid-jungle has really made me change the way I look at this team. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like what we're getting out of Boogie and, and Maple right now. Maybe they just banned Talia or something? I don't know. His Talia... Okay, Maple's Talia was so damn good this week, man. I'm sticking TSM for now. Already. Anyways, maybe I'll think about it some more. Last on Thursday, Dignitas versus Evil Geniuses. I just EG. have now seen both of the Dignitas games. I feel bad for them. EG. <laughs> yeah, EG. <laughs> uh, we have uh, TSM versus Cloud9 first match on Friday. The OG banger. Uh, I'm still going to stick with Cloud9, even though... My faith in TSM has been rapidly rising. Uh, yeah, C9. Sorry, I was look. I was in typing in chat. Um, C9. Immortals versus CLG up next. This one's a close one, I think. Nope, CLG for me. I, I'm still gonna roll with CLG. Uh, uh, Golden Guardians, EG, EG. Yep, EG. TL, 100 thieves, 100 thieves. I'm going Team Liquid. You're gonna go TL, okay? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I like the way that TL matches up against 100 Thieves. the The only like cause for concern really is the mid lane for me in this matchup. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like it if Harry was on like Galio duty or something like that, or not even Galio duty, just like Control Mage duty, and not Azir because he, he the trigger he pulls the trigger a little bit early on as Azir. At least he has been over the last two weeks. So. I think taking TL there is a fair upset. Like I, I could see TL winning that game. I honestly, both of these teams I think should be better than the record. So they're like both underperforming, sort of. Yeah, according and to then, according to me, then I'm gonna have 100 thieves as four and seven. Yikes. Yeah, that is. I mean, hey, it's already yikes for TL on the other side. Imagine, I guess they would be. 
I mean, if they won versus Immortals and lost, they'd be four and yeah, or yeah. Um, and last game, Dignitas versus FlyQuest. 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 Okay, so it doesn't look like it's going to be this week where Dignitas picks up their first win. Maybe next week. That'll be that'll be a week six kind of thing. Uh, let's do quick news. Yeah, we actually have a little bit of quick news this time. Um, Nice. Here's a, a person we've. I basically haven't said a single thing about since last offseason. Uh, we got a little bit of an update from Danny um, on LS's stream. I believe this was during the LCS Co stream. He had mentioned that he had recently spoke with Danny. Um, I, I guess I don't know if he said he spoke with him or was just messaging him like on DMs and whatnot. Basically saying that Danny, he's doing good, um, but he hasn't been playing League whatsoever. And it was, a, it was a really small update, and that's pretty much all that there was. But I think the main thing to extract out of that is if Danny hasn't been playing any league, I figure it's pretty easy to rule out any kind of a return for 2023, most likely. Yeah. Um, you know, it is definitely possible that he could start playing league again, like within the next month or two, and be ready for summer split. But is EG going to take that gamble? Oh, okay. What? I was going to say, I swear to God, if you say Dignitas, I'm going to lose. Oh, no, no, no. That's not no, good no, for no. your mental health at all. No, no, definitely don't go to Dignitas, Danny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's I... Good, it's good news yeah. to hear that he's doing well, because we haven't heard from Danny in a while, and obviously mental health issues, you kind of wonder about a player like that. It's just good to hear that he's doing a lot better. I would just say, making some some assumptions off of what was said, likely that Danny, if he comes back, wouldn't be until 2024, I would say. Yeah, I'm still of that opinion as well. Honestly, I'm just not convinced that he's going to come back whatsoever. Uh, but I, the thing is, I'm speculating. I shouldn't even do that. I, I don't know, honestly. Um. All right, next up, uh, a little bit of LEC. We did some LEC talk last week, and their group stage has been lugging along over the last couple of weeks. However, one of the teams that didn't even make it, XL, they're apparently dropping Targamas for Limit, former BDS support. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion, but it's, it's interesting. I yeah. guess that's all I'll say. It's interesting to see. What's interesting is that roster moves are made in between their splits, right? Because yeah. normally, like, it makes for, like, a different offseason uh, with the LEC. It's like they've got three offseason, if you're counting, in between splits now, where some moves are made, clearly. Yeah. Um, and then last up, uh, something we haven't heard from a while again, the LCK truck meta is back. Oh, no. Genji got hit this time. They got a truck put out in front of their headquarters um, saying something along the lines of, and be in mind, I'm paraphrasing here, Genji needs to get a different coach. Their current coach sucks. Yeah, I think the truck meta is so crazy. Like, this truck meta won't go away. And once you think the meta's done, it just comes back, which is like, these fans are absolutely insane. Maybe we should make a truck, J&T. Yeah, if you where, made a truck, where are we posting it out? Where are we? That's what I was gonna ask. Where are we putting our truck, and what are we putting on it? Um, I mean, this is league related, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, you've thought outside the box. Well, if it was just me, get it, get some truck up at the at Florham Park in front of the New York Jets and be like, hey, we need Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's your truck. Okay, what's your esports truck? I can't think of anything. I should have. I, I can't think of anything either. Yeah, I I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Feels like it feels bad where you brought this up and now we have nothing to say. Dude, maybe somebody in the comment section could help us out with this. What would be a good truck? Dignitas, <laughs> Dignitas truck. We're we're making a Dignitas truck. Just to say, get wild turtle. Yep. Okay. Spawn right, sucks. Get wild turtle. 
Oh, do we have to throw in the first part? We can yeah, because we got we got to be mean like the LCK fans do it. Yeah, I don't. Those LCK fans, man, they've lost their goddamn minds. Dude, the thing that's I, confusing I is like them, I realize. Gen G is like one of the top teams in the LCK. They're like in third place. So is T1, right? T1 has always been a top team. They're always getting trucks in front of their headquarters. Yeah, but they're T1, though. What were their messages again? Do you remember what the, the, the hey, trucks with the signs said in front of T1? I want to say that T1 was also coaching staff related as well, because that was when they were like going through like a rotation of like a bunch of different coaches. This was in like season, I think it started in season 11, right? Was that when the first one for T1 was, I think? I can't remember. I just can't believe it's still happening. That's the only thing I can't believe. Yeah, at least it's funny. But... Oh, no, I got a truck. Bring back Dash. That's oh, a truck. Throw it in front of the right game studio? Yeah, LCS studio, whatever. Bring back Dash truck. Yeah, that's... That's, that's my truck right there. It's and Freak, one. for that matter, and Pastry Time. And... Well, Freak was on the broadcast for a little bit this week. True. I didn't but... see what it was, but I heard he was on it. I think he did balance and stuff. Yeah, he was talking I about game dev stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the normal stuff. Like, the only problem with that, or it's not really a problem, but it's like... I can get that anytime I just go to Freak's YouTube channel if I want updates on what he thinks about the patches and stuff, right? So, mm -hmm. but to, to be fair, I didn't listen to the whole thing, so maybe he did go into other areas. But yeah. okay, that is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for being active in the live chat. Those of you that were, uh, thank you guys for coming back every week, and thanks to all of you that continue to support us by subscribing, hitting the like, bu like button, leaving a comment. We appreciate that so much. And for the new listeners, if you enjoyed this, you could find us on other uh, platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, probably finding us on YouTube is mostly where we're discovered. So we're around. If you look for the Clown Fiesta podcast, you'll find us. Uh, thank you so much. And last thing, we will be on at 7 o'clock on the regular, or that's at least the goal uh, for to be more consistent week to week. Uh, so we'll be live around 7 o'clock EST, uh, 4 o'clock PST on Sundays. That is the current goal. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. This has been episode 114 of the Clown Fiesta podcast.